This is a podcast of First Presbyterian Church in Trenton, Michigan, a gospel-centered community seeking to glorify God by making, maturing, and multiplying disciples. For more information, check out fpchurch.com. This morning's reading of God's holy word from the New Testament comes from John chapter 1. John chapter 1, we'll be starting in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now look to verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born Not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now our reading from the Old Testament, if you would turn there with me. And our passage for the sermon is in Isaiah 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Good morning. If you have your copy of God's Word, if you would have it open there to Isaiah, Isaiah 9 is where we're going to actually be focusing on verse 6 for the next uh, four weeks. And the reason is, as you'll see, there are four titles there listed in reference to Christ, and we'll be working through each of those. Um, Just draw your attention to Isaiah 9, 6 one more time. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to be your people that you have made possible through the gift of your Son. Thank you, Lord, that we can gather in your sanctuary, in your house. We can gather under your word. And Lord, we can gather... And we can hear you because of the work of the Holy Spirit. And we pray that now as we gather in this place, as we gather around your word, that, Lord, you would work in us completely, rooting out those areas of us, Lord, that that need to be dealt with, those areas that are hostile to you and to your authority and kingship. Lord, we pray that you would empower us by your Spirit to live in obedience with your word, that we would be submissive 
and, and that we would love what you love and that we would hate what you hate. And God, we pray that we would hunger and thirst for you, that you would be our chief concern, our chief desire. Lord, we pray that as we gather in this place, as we gather as privileged people to sit under your word, to receive uh, even today the sacrament of communion, that we recognize that we are a privileged people because of what Christ has made possible because of the love of the Father. We are privileged because of the Holy Spirit who takes that finished work of Christ and applies it to each of us who by faith is trusting in Christ alone. And so, Lord, as we gather here, as we gather as your people, we do ask that we would be changed, that we would be changed more and more into the beloved image of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, speak through me. Lord, I pray that I would not say anything more nor less than you've given me to say, but that I would be faithful to your word this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Titles matter. Titles. They tell us important details of a person. For example, you can learn an emerital status with the term miss or missus. You can learn one's education by the title doctor. You can learn one's role by a title such as reverend. Our text deals with titles, titles specifically of the long-awaited Messiah. In our text, the prophet is talking about the messianic king and specifically pointing out through these titles who he is, what roles he plays, and how he rules. These titles obviously describe his character. They equally describe his work. This morning we will be exploring the title Wonderful Counselor. What's interesting about that title is it is a title which shows deity, the Wonderful Counselor. This title implies a supernatural counselor, one giving supernatural counsel. As you begin to look at this title, I would break it down first with the word wonderful. The word wonderful is the idea of being transcending. The idea of wonderful is beyond our limits, limits of human understanding. The term wonderful goes beyond the boundaries of ordinary man and man's understanding and existence. This term wonderful carries the idea of that which is secret, with that which is mysterious, that which is utterly amazing, extraordinary, and yes, supernatural. As I was looking for an example that would apply, one just literally landed on my lap in a conversation. The individual I was talking with has said, have you seen any of the pictures recently of the James Webb Telescope? These pictures will be on display on the screens for you to kind of observe. That James Webb telescope is named after a NASA administrator who served from 1961 to 1968. He served during the time of the Mercury and the, and the uh, Gemini and the Apollo programs. This telescope, which is named the James Webb, was actually launched into space on December 25th 2021, Christmas Day, 2021. It finally reached its destination on Jan- in January of 2022. 
What's special about this telescope is that it uses infrared imaging as it takes its pictures of the universe. Simply said, it's better than the Hubble telescope. See, not only is the web using infrared, it's, it's, comparing, it's greater in comparison to the visible light photographs of the Hubble. It's getting deep within space. It's showing things that we have never seen before. Webb's actual instrumentation contains a 21.3-foot primary mirror versus that of Hubble's, which is simply 7.9. Nothing, right? It's everything. Webb's is six times greater than Hubble's. You say, well, why does this matter in the topic that we're talking about? What it's creating in the sense of pictures for science are wonderful amazing, beyond human understanding. See, Webb is able to reveal things that Hubble entirely missed. These new amazing images are challenging some of the science's previously held positions. It's forcing science to go back and to rethink some things because of the images that they're now seeing. It's beyond their understanding. Wonder. That's the title that's used for this promised one. Wonder, beyond understanding, beyond limits, transcending. We think of wonder, we generally attribute that to the work of God. Places like Exodus chapter 15, verse 11, where we read, Who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. Again, transcending, supernatural, extraordinary. See, God's acts are called wonders because they evoke from us an awe, an amazement. Not only are they God's actions that are wonderful, but hear this, even God's words are wonderful. Psalm 105 is one of those psalms where, where God is being praised for all of his wonders. It spends a lot of time talking about the actions of God, but actually it also speaks to the wonder of his words. In verse 7 it says, the wonder of his judgments uttered. In verse 8 it talks about the wonder of the word that he commanded. Wonder, amazement, supernatural, transcending beyond the boundaries of human understanding. This is God. This is his work. This is his word. Psalm 119, verse 18, we see the psalmist actually praying. He says, praise, open my eyes. Open my eyes that I may behold your, the wondrous things out of your law. Your word is wondrous. It's transcending. It's all-powerful. It's supernatural. That's what the psalmist explains. Have we lost our wonder of God? The prophet here would be calling us to that title. That the one who is promised is wonderful. The one who would come is supernatural. Beyond the limits of human understanding. Transcending. See, this title signifies the secret, the mystery that is described 
to the God-man, to Christ. But he isn't just simply wonderful and simply his actions. No, the title actually calls him Wonderful Counselor. We think of the term counselor, we think of one who gives counsel, one who gives advice. We think of one who is a planner. But embedded in this text is more than that. It's the idea of a military advisor. It's one who is at war and giving instruction about the war. War that ultimately could lead to life. See, throughout the Bible, specifically the Old Testament, there are two types of human counselors. There are those who are political and military advisors, and they serve a king, they may advise a king, and then the king will say, yeah, go do that. And they would go and they would do that. They would see that task carried out. This past week, we saw Henry Kissinger die. Henry Kissinger was that type of advisor to President Nixon. The second type of, of counselor that the Scripture alludes to, specifically in the Old Testament, is the counselor who is a prophet. A prophet, one who gives the people God's word, what God expects, what God is calling them to. In regards to the meaning in our text, the bottom line is this. We need to move away from the idea that's usually associated with counselor, the idea of someone who's simply offering you some advice. You can choose to take it or not. That's often the way we view as a counselor, that they're simply giving us advice, they're giving us instruction, they're giving us some help. That's not what is implied in this text. What is implied in this text is is moving to an understanding that is about life and death issues. In this idea of the wonderful counselor, he is prescribing the way of life. I could use the example of a doctor, but how many of us actually follow our doctor's advice? Even though it may be life-changing or life-giving. See, that's the problem, is we not only have lost the wonder of our God, we really don't listen to the life-giving advice he is offering. In the book of Proverbs, The very first Proverbs, the second half of it, beginning at verse 20 through 30, it gives a picture, almost in human terms, of what wisdom is. It it gives an incarnate description of wisdom, specifically, in many ways, outlining the person of Christ. So it's pictured there as a counselor who has wisdom that, that, that permits them to carry out their office completely, Perfectly, wonderfully. In our text, we see a wonderful counselor who's a divine counselor. And what we know is that this is the promised Messiah, the long-awaited one. Christ is called the very word and wisdom of God. In him, the Father takes sweet counsel with his Son, They take sweet counsel together in all of their works. The works of creation, we read about this in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Let us make man. We also read about this in his work of grace, where the Father and the Son take sweet counsel 
along with the Spirit regarding the grace and the plan of redemption in places like Ephesians 1. This is why the Apostle Paul explains that in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Church, Christ is the wonderful counselor. And as a wonderful counselor, he is a great advocate for his people. What a stark contrast this is to the worldly wisdom in which we live, which is man eat man. Here we have in Christ the absolute truth and love that's found in him alone. It's been said the Messiah, true man as well as true God, born of a woman, he is the counselor to end all counselors. He is the true prophet who reveals the wonders of God's word. He is the great and final prophet who brings God's word as counsel to his people. The question is, do we know this wonderful counselor? Do you truly know the one in whom is described in Isaiah 9-6? The one who would be born, the child who would be born. Do you know him? For he is the Christ, and his title is Wonderful Counselor, and he is a wonderful counselor for his people. He leads them into the path of life. The question is, are you resting in him? Are you following his counsel? Are you trusting him? See, the ministry of this wonderful counselor is just that. It's life and light. In in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, which were read just a little bit ago, it said, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. One of the ways we see this lived out is when Jesus is on the face of the earth and he's teaching the people, the masses of the crowds who would come to him. One of those great moments is in Matthew chapter 5. And one of the ways we see Jesus add light to the world as he begins to describe what the scriptures really mean. He uses an interesting phrase. He says, you have heard it said, but I say. You have heard it says, he says in verse 21. You have heard it said, you shall not murder. But I say to you, he who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Or how about verse 27? You have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery in his heart. Or how about verse 43, where Jesus said, You have heard it said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Jesus, in doing this, adds light. He shows us in the light our darkness. He repels our darkness. 
He forces us to come to terms with ourselves, almost like that telescope showing us images we've never seen before. The mirror he creates is even greater so that we see our sin in ways we've never seen it before. But one of the most beautiful things about this wonderful counselor is he doesn't just simply expose your sin. He doesn't just simply turn the light on and walk away. He offers life. In John 14, didn't we hear it said, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am. No one comes into the Father but by me. See, Jesus is making it clear that he has come, yes, to bring the light, but also to bring life. John Witherspoon, one of those old dead guys I like to read, he says, all the works and all the ways of God have something mysterious about them. It's above the comprehension of any finite understanding. As this is the case with his works of creation and his works of providence, there is no reason to expect that it should be otherwise regarding the astonishing method of his redemption. It's mysterious. It's wonderful that Jesus would be life for you. Back to John 1, the word became flesh. He dwelt amongst us. Amongst us. That's why he came. He came to bring the glory of God with him. Church, Christ is the wonderful counselor. Not only because he brings God's word of counsel, he is the wonderful counselor because he actually accomplishes the, the redemption of wonder on our behalf. The love he has for his people. The hope he provides for those who trust in him. See, in our text in Isaiah 9, our text is about an Old Testament prophecy of hope that was anticipated, of a child who would come, that wonderful counselor who would provide the light and the life for men. We celebrate that at Advent. We celebrate a promise fulfilled. I read it again in Isaiah 9, 6. It says, for unto us a child is born. Do you believe that? To us the son is given. Are you trusting in him? The government shall be upon his shoulders, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Are you in awe of him? See, all this hope that we long for, came in the form of a child. This desire for life that we have is found in the God-man, the mysterious union in the person of Christ, both God and man. George Herbert says it well when he says, in Christ, two natures meet and they are your cure. Church, the Messiah has come. The promised one has arrived. The son of David has come. He reigns. The Gospels tell us this. They tell us the details of his coming. 
The epistles, the letters, tell us of, of the effect of the Messiah's coming. It talks about the church and the growth and the purity that was produced as they wrestled against sin. But even the book of Revelation, which tells us not only what has happened, but also points to the hope of what is yet to come. All of the New Testament has declared that this child has come. Your hope is realized in him. He is both light and life. Are you trusting him? Edward Payson, I think, captures the ministry of Jesus and the wonder that is there in him very well when he says, Jesus may be called wonderful. Jesus may be called wonderful for his person. Jesus may be called wonderful for his character. Jesus may be called wonderful for his office. Jesus may be called wonderful for his birth. Jesus may be called wonderful for his life. Jesus may be called wonderful for his death. Jesus may be called wonderful because of his resurrection. Jesus is wonderful. His person is wonderful. Jesus is the Emmanuel, God with us. And in him dwells all the fullness of God bodily. But is your hope found in this child who came? Are you resting in the one who was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger? The one who grew and never sinned. The one who would go to the cross and save us for our sins. The one who went to the grave and was buried and three days later resurrected. Is your hope in the one who not only resurrected but ascended and sits at the right hand of God the Father now making intercession for you? Is that where your hope is found? Church Isaiah would be saying to you, he is the wonderful counselor. Advent season is special. It gives us an opportunity just to pause and reflect upon the incarnation. To pause upon God's provision in giving us his very own son. To reflect upon the one who was both light and life. The one who is the long-awaited Messiah, our wonderful counselor. But the question is, are you trusting in him? Let's pray. Father, the gift of your son is too wonderful for our understanding. The medicine needed to fix our disease, we do not truly understand. And yet you willingly gave your son over to death for us. It's too wonderful, too amazing. It's beyond our understanding. And yet, God, we worship you. We thank you. 
in the humblest of ways, we admit our need of Jesus by confessing our sin, by acknowledging our need of salvation outside of ourselves, a salvation you have provided in the person and work of Christ, the wonderful counselor who provides both light and life. God, may we truly rest in him alone. We pray this in Jesus' name. And God's people said, This has been a podcast of First Presbyterian Church in Trenton, Michigan. For more information, please visit us online at fpchurch.com.